Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here with another edition of the Vitality Explorer News Podcast. Our goal, our mission, our purpose with the podcast is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. We always like to start off the podcast with a quote. We're actually going to do two this this time. Here's the first from F. Scott Fitzgerald. Quote, never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. And the second one is from Steve Martin. Perseverance is a great substitute for talent. So never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. And perseverance is a great substitute for talent. So on the Vitality Explorer News podcast this week, we're going to go over three things like we typically do. Number one, be ruthless with your time. Number two, think in the box. And number three, trust and inspire. If you're enjoying the the podcast, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please share this with your friends and family to enhance their vitality. You can always see the references to the topics we go over on the podcast on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site um, and or sign up at vitalityexplorers.com to receive a free text message newsletter that comes to your phone once a week. All right, let's jump right into a really important topic, which we have covered before, but we're going to go into in detail today, and that is to be ruthless with your time. Now, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site, I encourage you to look at something called the Corpus Clock, or you can look it up online. And this is right outside Cambridge College, or excuse me, King's College in Cambridge, which is in England, and this clock is amazing. It's also terrifying. And the clock, you know, helps you understand that time is melting away faster than we can imagine. And so it's really important for us to consider every second special and precious. So the clock, you know, reminds us, and it's this sort of like insectoid-like creature that's marching around a dial relentlessly, reminding us that time is moving forward and it never pauses. And it also hopefully reminds us to be ruthless with our time, okay? Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So I think it's super important. And I'm going to pause for a second because when we think about time, we don't really think about it as much as we should. But I think we should start today, not tomorrow, start today to spend your precious time on intrinsically valuable actions and activities. So think about that for a second. You should do that whenever you can. And obviously we can't do it all the time because we've got things we don't want to do that we need to do to just get through life. But, you know, what, you know, this question of what can or should we do with our time or what are intrinsically valuable actions and activities is something I've thought a lot about. And, you know, I think, you know, they are ones that you know in your heart are meaningful and work towards fulfilling your peak purpose. So they could be as simple as calling your mom, your brother, an old friend and saying hello. They could be serving your community with, you know, volunteering. Uh, But it also can be working very hard on a project that you're doing for work that's crucial and challenging. Um, And it could be actually even taking on a crazy idea or taking a chance on a crazy idea. The key part of spending your time intrinsically or ruthlessly is to don't discount the value of suffering. I know this is hard, but suffering sometimes occurs in the context of executing on your peak purpose. Um, and you know, when you're suffering a little bit, 
Um, it's hard to enjoy that, obviously, but that may be part of fulfilling that peak purpose. And even if you don't get there, if you if you you know really go after something and you work very hard towards it, and you maybe just get short of the finish line, but you do that with honor and dignity and effort. Other people will watch that and they may be inspired by your suffering. That's so hard to, to digest, but it's important to know. So pause for, your, for a moment, just a moment right now, and ask yourself this question. Would you rather have an easy life or a meaningful life? Would you rather have an easy life or a meaningful life? An easy life, by the way, does not automatically result in lasting happiness. I think true joy comes from when we do meaningful work, and difficult labor. So remember, this is another thing I've been thinking about and trying to understand, is that meaningful actions foster a meaningful life. So if you spend your time doing meaningfully, intrinsically meaningful things over and over and over again, you will lead to a meaningful and fulfilling life. So begin today to be ruthless with your time. Remember, when when you're not sure about how to spend your time, Just pause and think how you want to spend your time. So every morning I look at my to-do list and I try to figure out, okay, here's the things I have to do. Here's the things I want to do. And here's the things that I really don't want to do. Okay. Um, So sometimes I have to do a lot more things that I don't want to do than I do want to do. But I try to carve out every single day to do something that's really intrinsically meaningful or valuable. And so um, being ruthless with your time is a crucial component of designing and developing a personalized vitality action plan, which is what we're going to talk about to finish this first section. So when you design or you proactively think about a vitality action plan, it is, a, it is super important to think about. This is something I do for my vitality classes that I've taught at Stanford and other places. Um, but when, you're, when you think about um, your vitality action plan, you should try to identify at, at the beginning, what are the weaknesses in your life? You know, what are the things that you need to work on? What is your biggest need? Use a piece of paper and write down two things in each of the following parameters, physical, mental, social, and spiritual, that you might need to have some improvement on. And then the concepts, the sort of the, those are the pillars of vitality, but sort of the underlying components include things like how you spend your time, sleep, fitness, purpose, service, closeness, discipline, and, and hope. Those are what I call the vitality octagon. And there's a graphic on the Vitality Explorer a new Substack site where you can look at a vitality action plan. You can look to think about how you would design your life to improve your physical, mental, social, and spiritual well-being. Remember, part of Vitality Explorers, the thesis of it is that vitality is a skill. And if it's a skill, it's something we can all work on. So work work today to start designing your personal vitality action plan in your future self. Well, thank you. Think with time in mind. Be ruthless with your time, and it should lead to enhanced vitality. So you can always post your comments on the Vitality Explorer new Substack or below here, uh, and and you know let me know what you think about this idea of you know spending your time ruthlessly and working on designing your vitality action plan. The second thing we're going to talk about today is connected to that first one, and that is to think in the box, not think out of the box, but think in the box. All right, thinking in the box is one of the many lessons I learned by attending and speaking at the recent Tugboat Institute Summit. 
And the summit is a meeting of about 200 CEOs from what they call evergreen companies. And these companies seek to build purposeful organizations dedicated to people and a long-term view. And it was fascinating to, to, to hear from a lot of the people who were, attended this, but one of the companies has been around for more than 250 years and counts Benjamin Franklin as one of their early customers and Elon Musk as one of their most recent customers. So how would you like to have customers? And they had like the invoice from Benjamin Franklin and it was a paper company 250 years ago, but there was an invoice from Benjamin Franklin. And now this company is connected to many, many different industries and, and, and includes um, one of Elon Musk's companies as a customer. So I, I learned to think in the box from Phil Hansen. He's an amazing artist and inspirational speaker. And you can you can find Phil at philinthecircle.com. And I'm very grateful for his his uh, his talk that he gave us. But he was dropping dimes on us, vitality dimes on us all week. And here is one of Phil's best quote: "We need to be limited in order to become limitless. We need to be limited in order to become limitless." So he was suggesting that too often we aim to think out of the box instead of into the box. We also try to figure out what we are missing in our box. Do we not have enough time? Do we not have enough money? Do we not have enough people around us? But I think his suggestion is that we need limitations to help us thrive. Let me say that again, because that sounds crazy, right? We need limitations to help us thrive. It's counterintuitive, but it's a very powerful idea. For a time, Phil struggled to finance his art career. He then challenged himself to create a meaningful piece of art with no more than $1 of art supplies. And so he was sitting at a Starbucks one evening and came up with an idea. He asked for a couple, no, asked for about 20 extra cups and when he was having a cup of coffee surprisingly they gave it to him um, and the total cost to create a beautiful piece of art which you can see on the vitality explorer substack site was just 80 cents for some pencils he was using so he drew this picture of this young man with these beautiful big brown eyes and kind of a weirdly mona lisa kind of look to it so i, I encourage you to check that out but phil phil taught us also this this concept of the difference between a limitation and a self-limiting belief between a limitation and a self-limiting belief. So a limitation is something that has been put in our way. A self-limiting belief is something we put in our own way. So again, think about that. There's lots of limitations. There's lots of barricades in, in our world that get thrown down against us. And that may be, you know, whatever it is, but there's, I think there's more that we put in our own way, these self-limiting beliefs. He challenged us to find ways around the limitations in our lives, to go through, around, or over barriers. He further challenged us to get out of our own way and stop letting our own beliefs limit us. So that was the challenge. How can you get around whatever limitations have been thrown in your way, whatever barricades? Can you go up, around, or through that wall? But can you also go up over or through the wall in your head that is a self-limiting belief. Wow, such such powerful stuff. He did this by suggesting we get back in the box. And by that he meant for us to give ourselves a limitation or embrace whatever structural difficulties we have and move forward towards a meaningful solution. And here's another thing he said, quote, stop trying to think out of the box. Get back in the box. Oh my God, that, that concept absolutely resonated with me because too often I think we have too many choices and that can paralyze us. So when we're trying to think about it, um, you know, the limitations that we maybe have or the challenges or how we can get back in the box, here's some questions to think about. Which path should I take? 
How much money will it take to get where I want to go in life? What if that path leads in a dead end? What if I travel too far down the wrong path only to discover it was the wrong one? He helped us unlock the chains that I think we were putting upon ourselves with an intimidating but very cool exercise. He said, we, can't, we are all on a journey, but asked us to draw a small picture of what we cannot live without. He did this by asking us to draw whatever we couldn't live without using a small or mobile phone application. So if you downloaded this phone application, you could kind of draw. Um, and I'm a very, I have very poor drawing ability. Um, but what I, what I drew, and he gave us only about two minutes to do this. So it was a limitation in time. You didn't have a lot of time to think about it. You kind of had just have this intuitive sense of what is most important in your life. And then you had to draw a picture of it. So I drew um, a picture of a cross because in my life, I cannot live without God. And it's kind of a shaky looking, ratty looking cross uh, that, again, I put the picture up on the Vitality Explorer Substack site if you want to check it out. Other people drew pictures of hearts, their family. One person even identified beef as what they couldn't live without. And there's all these little pictures. And then uh, this was in the afternoon. And then Phil, later that evening, revealed his newest piece of art. And here's what he did. He took all of our small drawings of the, of the things or people or our concepts that we can't live without and created a beautiful portrait of Joseph Campbell. And I had to look up who Joseph Campbell was, but he is the person that coined the phrase hero's journey and did a lot of writing on that. But our little small drawings were assembled into this beautiful piece, this portrait of Joseph Campbell. Um, and we, his implication is that we're all on our own hero's journey. And it's sort of a pixelation version of it. But this was created with the art that we gave to, to, to Phil via the mobile application. And he put himself in a box by having to use our mostly bad drawings and transform it into this gorgeous collage slash portrait, implying that we are all together on a hero's journey. So you can check out the fully formed uh, uh, portrait of um, Mr. Campbell, if you want, on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. I also put a little video of it so you can see what I mean by taking the small pictures and creating this big, big picture. But my, my suggestion is that we challenge ourselves today, again, not tomorrow. Think with time in mind. You know, be ruthless with your time and put yourself in the box or you maybe already are in the box. Try to figure out what you could do with less than $1 or less than $10 and make a big impact. What limitation of yours could you turn into an advantage? And how can you be an alchemist and turn excuses into barriers and then find ways around those barriers? Thinking in the box is something that I'm going to do a lot more beginning now. Please post your comments below or check us out on Vitality Explorers. And I'm going to share with you that something I've been working on for a long time fills uh, suggestion that we think in the box and create limitations really helped me figure it out. And uh, we'll be announcing that new Vitality Explorer uh, tool sometime in the next month or two. Just a little bit of a, a tease for you. The final thing we're going to talk about is another lesson that I learned at the uh, Tugboat Institute Summit, and that was to trust and inspire. And here's a quote from Stephen Covey Jr. Quote, Leaders should be gardeners seeking to create the conditions needed for people to thrive. All right. That lesson came from Stephen Covey Jr., the son of the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is a book that has sold over 25 million copies. And that's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one, powerful lessons for personal change. 
What a fantastic book. Read that if you haven't. The senior Mr. Covey passed away more than a decade ago. His son uh, has become a best-selling author and stellar speaker in his own right. And we were delighted, absolutely delighted. Um, you know, we heard Mr. Covey and Phil Hansen, the artist, sort of back-to-back. It was just like, I don't know, <laughs> LeBron and Michael Jordan right back-to-back watching them. It was fantastic. And he suggested, quote, don't just motivate people, inspire people. Quote, don't just motivate people, inspire people. And he reminded us that inspire means to breathe life into someone. Inspire means to breathe life into something, someone. I never really thought of that word inspire in such a physiologic manner in the context of business. Now, obviously, I know what it means to inspire. I'm, I'm a doctor. I spent years working with people to make sure they were okay breathing uh, in various contexts. But I never thought of it as, as sort of breathing life into somebody. So when you're trying to motivate people, don't motivate them. Inspire them. It makes great sense because, you know, breathing life into some, someone is literally, <laughs> strangely inspirational, right? We should strive to inspire as many people as possible, especially in our capacity as leaders if you are one. So, so Covey went on to discuss several crucial ideas from his book, Trust and Inspire. And you can see, you can find that online, but the subtitle is How Truly Great Leaders Unleash Greatness in Others. So Covey contrasted different leadership styles. Now, command and control is one, of the, um, one leadership style that's really, I think, unfortunately, too common. Now, things can get done with command and control, but Covey suggests we move towards a better leadership style that focuses on trust and inspiration. And here are the critical differences. So under command and control, um, leaders uh, manage people and things. Under trust and inspire, leaders manage things and lead people. Under command and control, companies get results through people. With trust and inspire, companies get results in a way that grows people. Command and control is sort of a mechanistic attitude, whereas trust and inspire is a, is a gardener or, or cultivating attitude. Command and control is mindset is fixed. The trust and inspire leadership style is mindset is growth. And finally, command and control, motivation is external. Somebody is kind of beating on you to get things done. And trust and inspire, the motivation is internal and inspirational. Remember, to breathe life into people. Covey helped us by giving us a set of cards to help become better leaders. And here, there's, I took a picture of one of them. It's on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. And this is the five fundamental beliefs of a trust and inspire leader. And I'm just going to um, read this to you. And number one, people have greatness inside them. So a leader is, is number one job is to unleash their potential, not control them. People are whole people. So we should inspire them, not merely motivate them. There is enough for everyone. So elevate caring above competing. And leadership is stewardship. So put service above self-interest. And finally, enduring influence is created from the inside out. So leaders should be the one who literally lead and go first. So let's unpack each one of those. So unleash their potential, not control them. That's the first one. Helping people reach their highest potential leads to better outcomes, I think, for everybody. We should be helping everyone identify their best possible selves within organizations. So that's the first one. Second one is inspire, not merely motivate. 
Remember, inspiration means to literally breathe life into someone. It sparks hope. A leader should articulate an inspirational vision. People want to be part of something bigger than themselves. They strive to be part of something bigger than themselves. They want to work together in teams to generate long-lasting and meaningful outcomes. This is the third one. It's kind of interesting. It's like elevate caring above competing. So leaders in the command and control are all about competition. Leaders in inspira- trust and inspire are about caring. So leaders that care about people take a long view and focus on caring, not competition at any cost. They realize caring for people leads to better results in the long run. Competition is important, but caring should be its companion. And then that kind of goes with the fourth one, which is put service above self-interest. So servant leadership means to sacrifice your personal goals in service of your people and your organization's missions. So servant leaders are held to a higher esteem than self-interested ones. Servant leaders are held in higher esteem than self-interested ones. That is absolutely true, especially over the long run. So the leaders can guide their organization to higher plateaus because the people around them will work harder more diligently and with inspiration over time. And the final one, and don't send everybody else into battle, you need to go first. So leaders by definition must be at the front of the pack. They must be willing to take on the risks associated with being at the front lines of a new idea, new product, or new service. They also must take responsibility for any flack associated with being at the vanguard. All right, so the Vitality Explorer News Uh, um, analysis on this one is learning to trust and inspire will help us enhance the vitality of the people we work with. It will also help us tackle difficult problems and hopefully identify transformative solutions. Using this type of leadership, I think, uh, should help us also optimize our time focus, and focus on pinpointing our peak purpose. Well, this is a very interesting set of things that were covered in this week's Vitality Explorer News sub uh, Vitality Explorer News podcast. Learning how to be ruthless with your time, learning how to design and execute on your vitality action plan, thinking in the box, not out of the box, and learning how to trust and inspire. I hope you've enjoyed it. Remember our quotes from this week, which are Never confuse a single defeat with a final defeat. That's from F. Scott Fitzgerald. And perseverance is a great substitute for talent. That's from Steve Martin. Um, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying this, please share this widely. And remember, our purpose with the podcast is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. So if I've reached just one person with my voice and the content of this podcast, I will have executed on my mission. Um, As always, I hope you have a wonderful week. And until next time, get out there into the world and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.